You're listening to the Faith Matters Podcast with Steve McKinley. Hello and welcome back. I'm back here with uh, Pastor Houston. Welcome back. Well, this is our second segment of talking about the church. And if you if you caught our podcast last week, we talked about the benefits of the church and why we love the church. And if you didn't see that, I encourage you to go back and watch it. Today we want to hit it from a different angle. Right. And we want to uh, discuss why people leave church or why they don't come back to church. Yes, it's a... Um it's a sobering conversation, you know, mm-hmm. it's a conversation that part of uh, which uh, breaks your heart, you know, in, in those regards. And, um, but, but a thing that we hope to be an encouragement to those that are watching today and uh, just help them to work through some of the things that may uh, be a challenge to them that would keep them from, from being a part of, of church. Some time ago, I was um, doing some study on this subject and came across a pastor that gave several of these reasons. And so uh, some of the things that I may mention, uh, I'll, I'll honor the fact that I'm borrowing these ideas from some others. And yet things that certainly as we've been uh, in ministry for a few years, uh, you know, we've seen these challenges in people's lives. Mm-hmm. So I hope they'll be a blessing. Yes. And it is a, a difficult topic sometimes. And uh, we hope to help you think through it a little bit more. And uh, maybe you've left a church, left your church, and or haven't been in church for quite a while, and I hope that the things that we discuss here will be helpful to you. But what would you say, uh, Pastor Houston, are the, uh, maybe what's the number one reason that we we might think of for why people leave church? All right, well, uh, the first one I want to talk about today is uh, the um, reasoning folks' mind right now, post-COVID here, I can watch church online. Mm. Okay, so they're not going to go to church because I can watch church online. Now, as I think about this subject, first of all, I am glad for the live stream abilities mm-hmm. that uh, so many churches have. You know, it's a great blessing for those that are shut-ins mm-hmm. to be able to keep up with their church and uh, watch the services, and uh, we're thankful for that. We have that capability for our mm-hmm. church. Uh, I know when my wife uh, was watching our kids when they were much younger, there'd be times when they were much more prone to being sick, and she could you know, watch a service online. So there, there's a blessing to that, mm-hmm. and we're thankful for that. Yeah, during uh, the COVID lockdowns, that was the only way we could meet as a church. Good point. Good point. So, yeah, um, so that's a blessing. But at the end of the day, um, it, it's also not church. You know, it's right. not truly church. It's not just uh, watching. It's not all that God intended church to be. We think of, you know, so many different parts of church. And uh, just simply viewing it, watching it online is not all is not all that's church. What are the different parts we want to review here of church? We talk about um, the fellowship that we have with others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mutual encouragement and uh, challenging one another, yeah. uh, meeting one one another's needs. You know, being involved in people's lives and actually knowing what their needs are and being able to reach out and help. Um, yeah, fellowshipping together, worshiping together, learning and growing together. Uh, imagine a marriage that uh, where the husband and wife split up and and try to have this. Uh, relationship over video conference, and they never meet together again. What would happen to the marriage? Sure, marriage would crumble and fall apart, and it would become meaningless. I think, or be very one-dimensional. Well, and the, and the very Bible word for church is the word assemble, and so there is that dynamic of assembling uh, that is required for for a church. Yeah, it's God's will for our life, for our lives to meet together, and if we're not meeting together. Uh, we're missing a major component of God's will for our lives. He made us to uh, to live and uh, and be in this assembly together 
to be a mutual encouragement uh, to one another. And we're, we're really missing out on what it really means to be a Christian, and that's to serve one another. We can never do that in isolation. We have to be around other people. And in a church setting, people serve us, and we, we serve other people. Right. And so there are a lot of what we would call one another statements in Scripture Absolutely. where we're commanded to, this is what we are to do for one another. And uh, if we're in isolation, if we're at home, if we forsake the assembling together, uh, we can't possibly fulfill Christ's uh, will for our lives in relation to other people. Yes. You know, similar to this um, line of thought and a part of this point would be maybe what we call, you know, staying home to watch the the celebrity preachers or, you know, um, listening to the podcast preachers. Uh, you know, I preach on a, a weekly basis at our church, and I would be the first to admit that uh, our people can no doubt find online somebody that's a better preacher. Um, and I would say speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm joking, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, there are better preachers out there online, no doubt. Yeah, for yeah, for, for any of us. And so people can can find a, a better preacher, but um, I get I get to be their pastor, you know, and um, I'm the one that uh, wants to be there when um, when they're going through hard times. Yeah, um, I, I seek to pray for our people on a daily basis. <laughs> you know, they're not going to have that from a podcast preacher. Um, they're not going to be able to call the the celebrity preacher and say, hey, you know, pray for such and such an issue. Can you put it on the church prayer chain? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all of those things that a local church pastor can provide, um, whereas the celebrity preacher doesn't even know them. And so, right. yes, you know, I'll admit that for, for me, you know, you know, they can maybe find someone that be a better preacher, but there's that element of pastoring uh, that's also a big part of it. And mm-hmm. so... You know, we're thankful for some of the benefits of live stream. We're thankful for some of the benefits of being able to watch online. But at the end of the day, we're still missing out on all that church was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we might remark uh, in general, it seems that in society these days, people are growing more and more apart and isolated. And we find uh, just throughout society, lonely people, very lonely yeah. people. And God wants us to be together. He wants us to interact and encourage one another. And that's what uh, church is. It's an assembly that just doesn't work any other way than getting together. And sure, relationships and being together is, is sometimes messy and sometimes uncomfortable, but that's what God wants of us. And it, and it's one of the greatest blessings in the world to be able to gather with other believers that love Jesus Christ. I mean, you're out, a person's out in the world all week long and getting, mm-hmm. in a sense, beat up and, and all the challenges of it to be able to get away with God's people yeah. and talk with them and, and share scripture. Ah, Yeah, and we talked about it last week. Again, go back yeah. and watch the podcast from last week. That's but, right. That's right. Yeah. You ready for number two? Let's hear number two. All right, number two. So why don't people come to church? Number two, because they'll say that the church is full of hypocrites. Mm. And if we're going to be honest, we might say that uh, in many cases it is. Yeah, sadly, um, Mm. you know, we might, I might admit sometimes I'm a hypocrite. What Mm. is a hypocrite? A hypocrite is just someone who uh, says one thing and does another or portrays themselves one way, but uh, in private, they lead a different life. And who who among us, Mm. which of us have not done that at some point? But yeah, yeah, that is the big... um, the big criticism of the church, that the church is full of hypocrites. And why, why do you think people would say that, particularly about the church? Well, when, when we're not living the way the Bible 
tells us that we should be living, then, um, you know, our hypocrisy is exposed. And even the scripture talks about that. And high expectations. I'm thinking along the lines of expectations of the church. Okay. And and people think that the church is full of holy, perfect people. Mm. And when they come to a church and they don't find that, you know, they're, they feel let down in some way. Okay. And maybe that's the wrong perception to have of the church because the church is made up of sinners or imperfect sinners people. Sinners like you and me. <laughs> we are. Absolutely. Yeah. We are. Th- this idea of hypocrisy is a big deal because, you know, we think of David and his sins. And when he sinned uh, in Second Samuel chapter 12, uh, the word of God says, Because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. Mm-hmm. So it's a sobering thing when we have this conversation to all of us in the church to make sure that our lives are, are right with the Lord, to make sure that we're living it and that we're not just going through the motions, showing up on Sunday, but not having it real in our lives, you know, to be real at home, to be real um, in our own personal lives. Uh, it's a very sobering thing because we don't want to be the cause of other people, you know, turning away from church, turning away from the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, that's why so many people turn away. They feel like they come to church and we're all just going through the motions mm-hmm. and they don't see the real spirituality, the real relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And we see some, I think, some tendency of some younger generations uh, crying out. They want something that's authentic. They want something that's yes. genuine. And, uh, you know, we praise them for that. that. That's a great thing. And so it ought to really be a motivation to us in the church to to be genuine and sincere. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're supposed to worship him in spirit and in truth, and he sees the heart. We want to be real and genuine. Yeah. Be what we preach. Uh, be what we uh, teach others about. Just be real. Have that relationship with the Lord. And that's attractive to other people. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's a, a recipe for a growing church, to have a genuine church. And there's a genuine love for the Lord, and a, people can see a genuine love for one another. And uh, that's that's not easy, but that's what we're all striving for, is to be mm-hmm. real in our lives and to have that close relationship with the Lord. And it really does make a difference. It's a, it's a warm, inviting church that, that has that. Yes, yes. So hypocrisy has been a big a big challenge for many people, um, and what a great challenge to be real and genuine in our lives. Yes. Number three? Okay, we're racing through these. Number three. All right, number three. Uh, people don't go to church, they will say, because the church hurt me. Mm. The church hurt me. That, that's a tough one. I've heard that many times, actually. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as we were thinking about this, what we we're going to say today, just our, our hearts were, you know, broken about this matter, um, thinking about um, the pain that, that folks go through. And and in a sense, you know, many, many of us in, in ways, big or small, have experienced times where the church hurt has hurt us. You know, we've had we've had disappointments uh, and heartaches along the way, and um, you know, our heart goes out to to folks that have been there and have gone through some of those um, difficult and challenging things. You know, as a pastor, I've been a senior pastor for ten years now. This fall, it's a um, it's a terrifying thing. It's a it's a humbling thing. It's a convicting thing to think of times where I have fallen short where something I've done, something I've said could cause someone to step back or to step away from church. And uh, there's there's probably not a, a month, uh, certainly not a year that goes by that you don't think back to those situations and say, I wish I would have handled things differently. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I would have done something differently. And so... Yeah, I've been there myself. And, yeah. And things happen. Right. 
And uh, it kind of goes back to the last uh, point that we were talking about hypocrisy mm. uh, and that that's that we're sinners and we don't yeah. want to be. But uh, yeah, the church is, is full of, of sinners, of people who are uh, living and uh, and interacting with one another by God's grace. And yet sometimes the sin nature uh, rears its ugly head and, and bad things can happen in church. And, and what should happen at that point do we walk away? And many right. do. Right. You know, any any human institution is going to have trouble because we're all we're all human. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always going to be those hurts, and and many times our response is isolation. Our response is to walk away, mm-hmm. and yet it's amazing that Jesus saw this challenge coming, and he he tells us in Matthew five, I think it's about verse twenty three, and Matthew eighteen verse. 15 he talks about the fact that there's going to be these hurts there's going to be these times when when uh people wrong each other Mm -hmm. and he tells believers what they need to do to go through those steps of restoration and how those things need to be handled and uh boy those those can be those are big steps to take Mm -hmm. you know sometimes they involve confrontation uh yeah. You know, those are things that many times we don't want to do. You know, that's yeah. maybe not necessarily even my personality either. Doing the hard thing, and that's going to the person who has offended you right. and seeking reconciliation with that person. And yes. forgiveness is going to have to be involved. Right. And isn't that what Jesus came to this earth for, mm-hmm. was to die for our sins so that he could offer us forgiveness? And that just goes to show that... Uh, anytime there's forgiveness, it's going to cost someone something. Good point. And for me, I may have to pay the the price of someone else's wrong and be just willing to forgive them. Mm. And that's what the Lord teaches us. But it's it's interesting that you know Jesus founded the church and he anticipated that these things were going to happen, and so he told us how to handle these things right. uh, in Matthew's gospel. Absolutely. And yeah, he, there, there's never a instruction or a command to uh, just walk away. Uh, but uh, he wants us to do the hard thing and seek reconciliation. That's, that's God's way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, for, for many years, my dad's had a little phrase, a little statement that he's made. And he said, you know, no one's, mm-hmm. no one's ever been helped by walking away from the church. No one's mm. family has ever been helped by, by leaving the church. Mm. And uh, just, it's always been something that he's reminded us as kids, you know, down through the years mm. growing up. Um, church isn't perfect, you know. My Baptist church that, you know, we have in the States, dear people, but I know for, I can speak for myself, I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have, we have shortcomings. Uh, but, you know, find a, a good Bible preaching church, walk with the Lord, and, and get involved and and work through those challenging things mm-hmm. and do those do those difficult things and and that makes a big difference. It, it's a sobering thing to me as a as a dad now with kids that are, you know, starting that transition to leaving the home to think about if 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 we walk away from God and we walk away from church for a period of time, and then our kids grow up outside of church, you know. Um, many times then that first generation and maybe in their senior years, they will come back to coming to church in the closing years of their life, but they've raised their kids outside of that Hmm. and that dynamic uh, through some aspect of the formative years. And, and then what, what will be their future? 
mm-hmm. will be the future of their of their grandkids. And that's something that I've I've challenged our people with many many times is you've got to take the long look at it and and really understand if I don't make this an important part of my life, it'll have a trickle down effect to to my family. Mm-hmm. And uh, the devil never wants us to look long term like that. He never wants us to see the consequences of it. And so I just really want you know, parents to think about that, what, how that's going to impact maybe kids or even grandkids. Big thing, big important deal. Yeah. You don't want your kids to grow up as unbelievers. Right. But if you're not around the people of God and in that environment, um, yeah, they, they don't have any influence in their lives outside of the parents. And that may just not be enough. And so, yeah, you're looking at your, your children, losing your children spiritually and having them be unbelievers. What a horrible thought. Yeah. That happens. And uh, what what's needed for someone, would you say, who maybe has been hurt uh, by a church or maybe has a view that the church is, uh, is full of hypocrites um, or is content to watch uh, preachers online? Um, what's needed in order to bring a person back to church? What would be required in someone's life, do you think? You know, I think understanding some of these truths that we're talking about today and just understanding that, um, you know, even if they've been hurt in a certain church or whatever, that that there there can be a place where they can grow and walk mm-hmm. with the Lord and just kind of falling in love with God's plan for the church mm-hmm. and falling in love with what God does through church and the assembly of God's people all over again and, and find a place where they can get in and hear the word amongst godly people that are yeah. genuine and real and willing to to apologize and ask forgiveness for things. You know, find that place and do, you know, do whatever it takes. Yeah. You know, um, even if it means moving, you know, to find mm-hmm. a, a church where they can go because that spiritual dynamic for their life, for their spouse, for their kids is so important. So so start taking some of those steps. Yeah. Uh, and we might mention the word um, humble. Okay. Uh, it, it's it must be a very humbling experience to say I need other people, mm. you know, and I've been living without this for X number of months or X number of years, and to come back, I, I think, takes a certain level of humility. It can't be an easy thing to do. Well, and you know, being from America, you know, we're very independent. We we lift ourselves up. What's the expression? By our own bootstraps, pull ourselves up by our own yes. bootstraps. You know, we're very proud of our independence. That's right. But when it comes to the Christian life, God did not make a person to be a successful Christian by being independent. Right. We need other believers. We will never go as far as we could spiritually by ourselves. Uh, by ourselves, we'll never go as far as we could when we have other people around us. Amen. We need right. that. So. Okay, well, you need that too. And uh, if if you don't know the Lord, uh, the church, uh, a good gospel preaching church, Amen. is a good place to learn about how you can know the Lord and hear the gospel. If you do know the Lord, the Bible teaches us that you do need other people. Maybe you've been at a church for a long time, and maybe it's time for you to come back and seek out a church. Uh, there, there's hopefully a, a gospel preaching, Bible teaching church full of loving people in your area or somewhere um, within driving or walking distance of you. And that is God's will for your life. And uh, without trying to sound too self-serving here, I'm the pastor of the Navin Baptist Fellowship. If you do live in the Navin area, uh, we offer uh, all of those things. 
uh, a church uh, that is Bible preaching and teaching with people who are learning to love one another. I won't say we're there yet. We're all that, growing. Uh, we're, we're all growing. And you'll find, if you come to our church, you'll find a church full of sinners, but sinners who are saved by grace and trying to walk in the love of Christ uh, to, uh, toward God and toward one another. And so you are certainly invited. We would love to have you come and visit us. And hey, I was a visitor this last Sunday, and uh, I got to meet the people and uh, enjoy them, and there's some dear and wonderful people there. Very excited for your church. Well, we're excited too, and we really enjoyed your message on Sunday that God is worthy, that Christ is worthy. And that was the thrust of your message on Sunday. Why should we come to church? Maybe maybe our number one reason is because he is worthy. Mm. Because because of his great sacrifice that he made for us, Amen. So he died for us, and therefore he is worthy of our worship and our obedience to him in this area. So come and join us, and you are invited. All right. Well, thank you, thank you for being with us. My you're, pleasure. You're I enjoyed back it. Back to the states. Maybe we'll be able to have you on remotely sometime. Oh, be fun. Back to the podcast. Maybe we'll have you back to Ireland at some point. But uh, thank you for being with us, and we'll see you next time.